Now these are my favorite types of videos to watch from other YouTubers, other financial entrepreneurs as well. So I thought I would share it, but also try and give you as much value and insight as to why I'm doing particular things and how I'm building out this 10 year plan to financial freedom so that I'm allowing myself the most amount of choice in my life. If you guys are interested, keep watching. Hey guys, my name's Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. Now, if you are interested in getting help with buying property, definitely contact me. I run a buyer's agency here. You can definitely contact me. My email will be in the pinned comments down below. Now, I'm going to assume that you don't know my backstory. You don't know what I invest in and why I invest in those things. So I'm going to preface this conversation. And before I jump into everything else, I want to share with you my three financial tools I use to grow my wealth. Now, when I refer to financial tools, I'm referring to asset classes. So the three that I invest in is property, crypto and trading cards. I'm going to break down each one and why I invest in those, the pros and cons for myself and how it plays into my 10 year plan. Now, to give you context, the 10 year plan has changed probably about four times this year alone. So it is definitely something that I keep updating and adapting. This is very important, especially because we're entering super volatile times. There was once a time where I would review my plans maybe every six months. Now I'm probably having to do it every four to six weeks. And the reason being is because things are changing so quickly, not just from the macro side of things, but these assets as well. They're developing, the cycles are changing. And on top of all of that, I also have rapid growth within the buyer's agency. So the YouTube channel is growing really well, but as well as the buyer's agency, my business full-time. So it requires me to be adaptive throughout this entire process. But with that, let's continue. Now I have a very simple goal, although for some people it would be so out of reach and then others will look at this and be like, you're not reaching high enough. But for me, I've done my numbers and based this on today's terms. So if I'm looking looking at a number right now, it would be in today's terms and probably inflated to some extent in 10 years time. But in today's terms, I would like to have a house paid off and $300,000 worth of passive income every year. Now, this is definitely not a flex. It's more so around giving context of why I want that sort of money, but also understand that other people that I've even spoken to are building out bigger portfolios than I am and I'm helping them on their way. And the reason I'm okay with that is because I'm staying in my own lane. I've got goals that are different to yours. So if your magic number is 75, $5,000 a year passive income, or it happens to be $500,000 a year, you just need to adapt what you're willing to sacrifice and what sort of work you need to put in in order to achieve those sort of results. So if I broke this down and just simply looked at real estate, I would need 14 properties to be paying me $400 per week and have no debt attached to it. That would equate to about $300,000 a year. So yes, 14 properties sounds like a lot. Now, if you want a detailed breakdown of my last portfolio update around property, you can definitely go check out this video. It breaks down everything I bought for what price and what they're worth today. I think you guys will enjoy it, especially if you weren't following me for the last couple of years. Now, the major problem around this whole plan is that I plan to live in Sydney moving forward. And Sydney, for anyone that's watching, is super expensive. And I don't think it's gonna change anytime soon. And with this strong reliance on really having a close-knit community with my friends and my family, I wanna be able to see them every single week or every second week. And so as a result, I wanna remain in Sydney. Now, my partner also shares the same thoughts, which is amazing because you need to be compatible on that end. She had plans of moving overseas. We did some traveling earlier this year and she realized how much she loves Sydney. So yes, it's a win for me. <laughs> so based on my current property portfolio and the plans I have for the next couple of years, I think I could get to that number just on my own based on my own portfolio and not looking at my partner's portfolio at all. So if I was to look at that, I would be fairly happy. However, by living in Sydney and wanting a debt-free home, it's going to require some really hard work. 
And for me, I've also advocated that you need to be able to build out wealth without compromising on your lifestyle. Now, again, I'm not saying you should be able to invest, but then also splurge all the money you make every week. That would just be dumb. That is probably the only financial advice I'm going to give you in this video that you should definitely not spend money on dumb shit to impress other people. So when I'm looking at my three pillared approach, when it comes to building wealth, I've got property covered. And for me, in my mind, it's the most traditional. It allows me to have historical trends and data, and it supports a major thesis, which is shelter and humans need shelter. So that's why I always invest in residential property and I don't look at commercial property and I have no plans to do so. I understand with commercial property, you've got to have high deposit amounts, but also what lures people in is the high cash flow. But the truth is, if you know where to look and you're able to go and maximize the cash flow and the capital growth, you have so much more opportunity to grow your wealth faster and it's more consistent when you go out for residential property, in my opinion. Next is trading cards. Now, trading cards started as just a nostalgic play for me. I used to play Pokemon cards back at school and I'm assuming a lot of you guys as well that are watching the channel based on the demographics of this channel, you will know what Pokemon cards are and probably played it at school too. So I went ahead, played at school and then got rid of all of my Pokemon cards and gave it to my cousin because I decided I needed to be an adult. And now looking back, it was the worst decision ever. However, in knowing that, I also know that the cards I had, although some were rare, they probably wouldn't fetch more than 50 or $60 because I used to play with them. The reason why Pokemon cards or some of these collectibles fetch such a high price is because of the condition. It's being able to say, well, if there was 10,000 of these boxes available at the time of release, say 20 years ago, how many are sealed today? And at the time when they get released, they're probably like five to $20 per pack. Now they're fetching a hundred X that. So 300 to $500. And that's not even the rarest ones. And this all comes down to supply, demand, and nostalgia. People buy with emotions. That's why real estate does appreciate, especially in areas where you have high owner occupiers, because realistically, as an investor, you're only looking at it logically. But when you're looking at something emotionally, you're willing to go above and beyond. And that's what pushes the prices higher. With trading cards, it's no different, especially when you get to the point where you're making quite a bit of money. And as adults, you're able to go and fulfill some of those childhood dreams and collecting goals that you never could back then. Even for me today, I try and treat my investing in collectibles as a purely logical move. However, even for me looking at these cards, I get drawn into the emotions of it. And it's why I've made some really bad purchases as I've gone and built this wealth up in trading cards. For context, my portfolio in collectibles is worth probably about $300,000 in today's market. Now I've been adding to this position every single month for probably the last two and a half years. And time flies when you really think about it that way. As of last week, I have officially stopped in building further positions in my collectibles portfolio. Why? Because I had the goal of $300,000 being the portfolio in today's market. As I said earlier in this video, I wanted to be able to go and adapt during times where things are moving and I'm able to go and move from one asset class to another. And for me right now, the risk and the reward is better spent elsewhere. And is why I've gone to my goal. I've ticked it off for now. I probably will come back in say a year's time to go and build more positions. But for now, I'm very happy with where it's at. But this plays a big part in my portfolio for a couple of reasons. Number one, I've always wanted to own like a side hustle, nostalgic store. And that could be something that I fulfill in maybe the seventh or eighth year of this 10 year plan. It could also be something I'd never do and give it all away to my kids. But keeping all of this in mind and historical trends and data, because yes, I am a nerd. We've established that. Let's continue that I'm able to go and see what I could get for my portfolio in about five to 10 years time. Now, conservatively, I think in five years time, I should be able to get about a 500% increase. And if I was looking at really stretching that out in five to 10 years, that could potentially be a 10x return, which is actually phenomenal. But again, it's so volatile that a lot of people get shaken out along the process. For me, if I've approached it in a way where I've put money towards it that I'm not really going to need for the next couple of years, I'm not worried about the prices going up and down. I can hold it for the long term. And again, if I'm building out my wealth elsewhere with something like traditional real estate, I'm able to 
compound that a lot quicker than what I could do in just trading cards. You're starting to see a trend. And before we continue onto the final pillar of this entire portfolio, smash that like button if you're enjoying this content and let me know down below, what asset are you investing in in 2023? Now the final pillar in this entire portfolio is crypto. Now I've spoken about crypto for a while on this channel, but I've been involved in crypto since 2018. I've been absolutely burnt back then because I bought at the top, didn't know what I was doing. And I definitely didn't take as much profits as I would like in the last bull run. So now that we're in a bear market and the prices have been dropping every single month for the last like 12 months, which feels like 12 years, we are now at a position where the risk to reward is starting to make a lot more sense. I've said on this channel, I like to DCA, so dollar cost average into the market. And I like to do that with an auto investing feature that we have on Binance Australia. I'll leave a link in the description below along with a code that can actually get you some sign-on bonuses. The reason why I like to invest in crypto is because I honestly believe that blockchain technology is going to be a big part of what our future looks like. Now, do I think it's going to be Bitcoin that's going to be the currency for the entire world? Don't know. Is everything going to be built on Ethereum and that's the network everyone's going to use? I don't know. And at the end of the day, it's not important to know because there is so much volatility and being so early to the game allows you to make bigger gains. It also means that it's time to actually research about these things and not turn off the TV or not turn off these videos as soon as someone mentions something that you personally don't know enough about. It's probably a prompt for you to start researching more about because we're at a point in this cycle where generational wealth can be made long term. So for me, I'm allocating my funds towards crypto. I'm holding a lot back as well just to see the lows of this bear market, which I think we haven't seen yet. And if you're interested in daily updates, exactly what I'm doing with my portfolio, you need to join the Mastermind Patreon group, which I've got in the link in the description below as well. That is where I'm talking about not just crypto, but NFT trading, as well as trading card purchases and real estate. The reason why I like this three-pillared approach, despite knowing that crypto is probably going to return the biggest gains, but I can also leverage with real estate and then have this nostalgic play where I can actually increase my revenue and my borrowing capacity by going running a store as a side hustle, I want to have a diversified approach. I know a lot of people that invest in ETFs and the share market. Again, it all comes down to what your strategy is. I definitely don't invest in ETFs and I don't invest in shares because I feel like this pillared approach allows me to get access to everything I actually want. Being liquid, being able to use leverage and a combination of these three things allows me to go and build towards my 10 year future plan. Could this change in the next six weeks? Yeah, I would definitely say it will, but the pillars will remain the same. A round number that I've got in mind for the property portfolio portfolio is having a $10 million portfolio that yields about five to 7%. That would give me 500 to 700K a year. And yes, I know these numbers sound crazy, but again, we're going into an inflated world. So who knows what is possible? If you guys have enjoyed this video, got some value out of it or have some questions, definitely smash that like button, comment down below and subscribe because I'm bringing out content every single week. Thank you guys so much for watching and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys.